Our scripture is from Isaiah, the second chapter. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many nations shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that God may teach us God's ways and that we may walk in God's paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word from the Lord, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. My friend said Jen Hatmaker was going to be at the University of Houston and asked if I wanted to get tickets and go see her together. I asked the amount of the ticket, gave my friend the money, and then I googled Jen Hatmaker. I'd never heard of her. Nope, nothing. But I trusted my friend and a night out is always fun. The Google machine informed me that Jen Hatmaker is an author, a blogger, a speaker. She's a Christian who made a splash with her affirming, loving, and embracing stance for LGBTQ folks, including her daughter, who's a lesbian. And then, more recently, Jen went through a public divorce and has been open about how painful the experience was and her belief that God loves divorced people. Jen has been canceled by conservative Christians. I was prepared to like her. And I did. Sitting in Cullen Hall next to my friend, I enjoyed the outing. There was a DJ and a gift giveaway, and then came the talk. The talk part was a lot like a sermon, truth be told, and a pretty good one. Jen stood at a podium and used notes. At one point, she spoke about painful experiences and said some words about the power of solidarity. Then she invited all of us to speak something painful out loud. And then for those of us who had had the same experience to simply say, same. One woman spoke of cancer. Many voices rang, same. One woman talked of her miscarriage. And again, so many voices from around the room, same. Divorce, same. Challenging children, same. <laughs> Way to embrace the moment. <laughs> Death and loss, same. Loss of a job, same. It wasn't long. Maybe 15 people spoke of a painful experience, and then the chorus of same echoing from around the room. It was powerful. Jen went from this into hope. She said, believe in hope and chase it down like a hunter. 
Send your thoughts toward hope like a lead explorer going ahead of us to find higher ground and holding up a lantern until we catch up. Send your thoughts toward recovery, relief, resolution, and peace. However far ahead those are right now, you'll get there. Hope will light the way. I thought a lot about that lantern. I see it. Hope holding the lantern up on higher ground, lighting our way through the pain and heartache, the worry and uncertainty, giving us vision. Maybe I can see it so clearly because it's what gets you through storm-tossed waters. You find a point on the horizon and you keep it in sight. You steer toward it. You hold the course through every wave in each storm. The world in which Isaiah lived was a violent, chaotic, unjust, warring world. And while the book of Isaiah is curated content, which spans generations of prophets who see themselves in the tradition of Isaiah, our text today is believed to be from historical Isaiah. Isaiah, the son of Amos, who lived during the reigns of King Uzziah and King Hezekiah in Judah. Our election, as it often does, gives us only Isaiah's vision of peace, only Isaiah's hope. But the verses around the ones we heard this morning are full of judgment. In the Bible, judgment and hope, criticism and vision, often go hand in hand. In order to say yes to the vision of Isaiah in our election, the vision of death-dealing weapons, melted and reformed into life-giving agricultural tools, we have to be honest about our present, honest and willing to change. In chapter 1, in verses just before the vision we read of this morning, we find, Your country will lie desolate, your cities burned with fire. And then this admonishment, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes, says the Lord. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. You see, at the time, the country was threatened by the powerful Assyrians to the north and the east, and menaced by the Egyptians to the south and the west. The king and his advisors were occupied with what they needed to do to protect themselves. Facing threats from all around, everyone was fearful. Perhaps it was the fear, I don't know, but something made everyone forget about the orphans and the widows, the poor and the destitute. Those who were in need went without, while armaments grew and weapons for war increased. No one knew where to turn. It seemed the fear would swamp them. It's from this despair that Isaiah shares the vision. Our sacred story this morning begins the word of Isaiah, son of Amos, that he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Isaiah did not hear the word. Isaiah saw it. 
This is not a mistranslation. The Hebrew word here is haza. It's not the typical word for seeing. It's something more, a spiritual sight. Isaiah sees the lantern of hope held high. Look, focus your eyes on the mountain of the house of the Lord there on the shore, where it shall rise up and be established as the highest of the mountains, and all the pieces, people from everywhere will, will come to it. Let us make our way together to the mountain of the Lord, that God may teach us God's ways, that we may walk in God's paths. God will judge between the nations and shall decide for the peoples, and they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And nation shall not rise up sword against nation, neither will they learn war anymore. Walk in the light of the Lord. It's a vision glimpsed when death, violence, and destruction were ever before the prophet's eyes. It's a vision glimpsed and then projected a way forward. But not just a way forward. This is not just about the future. It's also about now. The vision begins in the NRSV in the days to come, but in Hebrew, it's literally in the back of the day. Better yet, in the day's ending. So this evening, as the sun sets, this is not just about a future that's far off. It's about a future realized by what we do in the present. <clears throat> this is an Advent promise. Isaiah is suggesting that the present moment is ripe, pregnant with God's presence and possibilities. The lantern of hope is set out and we follow it. We make our way toward a day when people shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. But the only way to get there is to change the present. This evening. The only way to do anything about gun violence in our country in the future is by changing now. The only way to do anything about violence against people of color and LGBTQ people in the future is by changing what we're doing now. The only way to do anything about climate change in the future is by changing what we're doing about it now. And to change the now, we need a vision. We need something toward which we set our course. We need hope. These days are fertile with possibilities and we cannot allow fear to steal our ability to hope. If the only thing we manage this day, before the close of this day, before the sunset, if all we manage this day is to increase our hope, that's enough. That keeps us going. And if we can find the courage to live in that hope, to be seen and known, to be visible, to like Isaiah, share the vision so that others can join in the hope, then so much the better. Advent hope gives us a way forward.
So know this. Whatever you're going through, you are not alone. I imagine we could all call out struggles in this moment and hear our voices shouting and whispering, same. And not just our personal pains and not just our personal fear, but our worry for our country and our world. There is so much. We are certainly storm-tossed. The waves seem to come at increasing height and speed. So my friends, this first Sunday of Advent, we in shared experiences in the solidarity of deep knowing, we glimpse the vision, we see what's on the horizon and we steer toward it. Believe in hope, chase it down like a hunter. Send your thoughts toward hope like a lead explorer going ahead of us to find higher ground and holding up the lantern until we can catch up. Send your thoughts toward recovery, relief, resolution, and peace. However far ahead of you those are right now, you'll get there. Hope will light the way. Amen.